final coin. It's You honor me with your presence. Crispy D. Pokemon is so tiny and hurts so much. Rat Hitler. Usually longer than the average. And has a friendly attitude. Is. Uh. Throwback. We will not back down. Game on, everybody! It is the throwback. Jake Steely, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler here with you guys. As always, uh, hopefully everybody's being as safe as possible. Hopefully your week's going as okay as it is, you know, important times. More important things in life. Hey, tweet us if you want to talk about random stuff, anything. And if you want to go to The Athletic, by the way, and you've been sitting out there in the free version, you're like, well, I don't want to pay for anything right now. I mean, what's going on? We've got football going on. But on top of that, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay for 90 days. Because actually, if you go to theathletic.com slash 90 days free. I don't know. Well, you, you put in the wrong link, Chris. It's a URL with a bunch of numbers. What was it? <laughs> My is, bad. <laughs> is it 90, is it 90 free days or 90 days free? It's free 90 days. So theathletic.com right, so- slash free 90 days. All right, so slash free ninety days. That's nine zero, right? Not like spelled out ninety. Yeah, right? just nine, <laughs> just nine zero. Try to keep it simple for everybody out there. Yeah. <laughs> so free ninety days. If you sign up, new subscribers, you get free ninety days. It's very simple for you guys. Hopefully, sports are back by that point. Like, hope, hopefully, within those ninety days, we've got something going on for you guys. But if not, like I said, we'll talk about anything. Best wishes to everybody. But we're talking NFL free agency still going on. Not a ton happened since we last talked on Tuesday because we recorded on Tuesday afternoon. So we caught a lot of the big news. But the biggest one, which the the, the pipe bomb of the NFL offseason, is Tom Brady is not back with the Patriots. The best part, like, so there's two parts about this, guys, that I want to talk about. First was the fact that he put out his post and it said, always a Patriot. By the way, I'm not playing for the Patriots anymore. Like, that, like why did you t- title it that way? It's just so weird. But second of all, Tom Brady, uh, you, before let's don't jump ahead, Brad. Control yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm control not... yourself for no fantasy talk just yet. I just want to talk real life football here for a second. How weird is it for you guys to see him in another jersey next year? Like it. I don't know how old everybody out there is listening, but some of you old enough to remember Joe Montana playing for the Chiefs, you know, Brett Favre and his 17 teams before he retired. Mm-hmm. Like, to sit there and watch as a player, and I, I wanted to go to you first, Brad, too, because you played baseball, so you've been around players who have been around for 10 years and all of a sudden on one team for one year to finish things out, stuff like that. As the baseball player slash fan in you, does part of you say, I wish he would just retire versus playing for another team? Like, what is going through your mind when you see something like Tom Brady, who's got the career that he has and the mystique that he has to be playing for another team for at least another, what, one, two, three years? Yeah, it it is a little different. I don't mind it. Um, it's, I mean, if you look at it from, like, just a pure marketing standpoint, it's genius because he's going to lead the league in jersey sales again. Um, it's, but they're not going to be Patriots jerseys. So it's, it's just going to be, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't mind him for wanting to have kind of a different experience. It's, he's, it's a little different than I feel like when Brett Favre went to the Vikings because Favre had already retired and the Jets came, came back <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the Jets, you yeah. Forget about and the like Jets, it was, yeah. it was, he, and he was a shell of himself even in his last year in Green Bay. Like it, he just wasn't the same guy. Brady is still, you know, got his team to the playoffs every year. Like, it's not like he's, he's, I know he's not as good as he was 10 years ago, but at the same time, he's still, 
a, a veteran leader. He's still able to make some throws to, to win games. And, and I think I, I don't blame, I honestly don't blame the Buccaneers one bit for, for bringing him in over, you know, paying Jameis Winston basically the same money. It's it's definitely weird. It's strange. I mean, you already seeing the the photoshops, the pics, his his TB that he's branded. You know, his hat he always wears Tom Brady TB now with TB. Um, you know, I've seen all kinds of randomness, but I think it's cool. TB squared, yeah, TB squared. <laughs> I like it. I think it's. I mean, I think it's neat. And a lot of people. I'm glad you brought this up because you know, as we're talking about this, not from a fantasy standpoint, a lot of people that I respect that you know follow the sport, they don't like it and they're taking shots at him. Like, no, you know, you have a legacy there. You've been with New England since. What 2000, and we came in the league really in, in 2001 with 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 the Pats. But you've been there for so long, you have had so much success. Why would you ruin your legacy? It's his legacy. He can do what he wants. I mean, he can change it. Well, so I'm glad you said that, Chris, because uh, that's the second part of the question. So let me put this two different ways. Uh, well, I think let me let me put this out there first, and just because uh, I have a feeling you're both going to agree 100. percent If he guides the Buccaneers to just the playoffs, he doesn't even have to win a Super Bowl. If he just gets them to the playoffs for the to however many years he plays. That increases his legacy, does it not? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Chris, the second part of it, here's the, and that's where I'm glad you went with because that's where I was going. Let's say he doesn't make the playoffs any of the years that he's with the Buccaneers. So now I'm pulling in kind of like the Joe Montana kind of tarnished question mark his legacy when he went to the Chiefs. Like, if Brady doesn't make the playoffs, if Brady looks like the Brady he did last year and has mediocre numbers for the for the rest of his career with the Buccaneers, does this hurt his legacy, or is he so cemented that we're not going to hold anything against him? I, I don't think I'll hold it against him. I, it would be a bad look if he went there and he just completely failed, and all of a sudden he looked very, very, very average, like he did to your point last season, especially with those weapons, because as we'll get into it in a little bit, he is going to, I would say, a better situation. At least he's got you know, two top five wide receivers for sure on his team, and and Bruce Arians there as well. So. I think it would, I think he's already cemented. I think he's fine. But if he went to Tampa and he tried over these next two years with another team, you know, going to make the playoffs this year as well, I got to keep that in mind. If Tampa were, weren't able to get in and next year was just a, a shit show as well, then I, you know, the back of my head, you have to, you have to think, oh, okay, well, it didn't work out and, and then that was it. Brady should have just left. But man, every time people count this guy out and it's always just been Brady and Belichick, it's just been counting that team out. Brady is going to be completely motivated to prove that the last few years, the success in New England was just not Belichick, that he has something to prove as well. So I think he's already cemented. I think he's fine. He's done enough. Uh, but I think he's going to be successful. I think the team will be too. I don't think they're going to Super Bowl contenders, even though their their odds, according to Vegas, as Vegas is basically shut down right now, they have the same odds as the Pats <laughs> to win the Super Bowl, which is remarkable to think about. But they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're a playoff team. Yeah, I would agree. And it's interesting to hear me say or hear you say that you kind of mentioned Joe Montana tarnished his legacy in Kansas City. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, he in Kansas City, he didn't do that at all. He led him to the playoffs until last year or two years ago. That was their their last playoff win at home was Joe Montana as the quarterback. And so they it had been that long here like to here he was still he still looked at as you know, one of the greatest of all time, and, and and that didn't tarnish his legacy at all. It enhanced it. So um, I look at it more as like a Michael Jordan going to the Washington Wizards kind of thing, where it's like you're talking about the best of all time, and and going to a different team that had basically, I mean, the Wizards had no shot. They had no shot to be a, a title contender, 
and he was, you know, still went there and, and just wasn't, wasn't the same player. Um, it, it's still, it's still to me, if he gets to the playoffs, it definitely enhances his legacy because he's taking a team that was, that was in a lot of ways bad last year. They were okay offensively, but a lot of that was playing from behind because their defense sucked so much. Um, if he, and, and it's, there's been reports this morning, a whole lot of free agents are, are all of a sudden calling the Buccaneers and they're interested in playing with him. And, and, you know, a report came out yesterday. He's interested in, in trying to get Antonio Brown there, which would be really interesting with that receiving course. So, um, it, it'd be, you know, it, it'll be fun to see kind of what materializes the rest of the, the week and the rest of the offseason. Well, Danny and Tomlinson thinking about coming out of retirement to play with Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, so here, here's, I think the three scenarios here obviously takes them to the playoffs, you know, even more legified. I'm going to make that a word. Legacified. I like it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that'd be, you know, if he wins the Super Bowl, forget about it. Uh, you know, if, you know, he sh- doesn't make the playoffs at all, people, there'll be some people that'll start to raise some questions. Here's where I'm going to say, I actually think he can tarnish his legacy completely because here's the way that it can happen is not only does he not make the playoffs, not only does he look like the Tom Brady that we saw last year where it's like, all right, is he the same Brady and are there problems with him? It's he does that. And Bilicek takes blank quarterback and makes the playoffs. Hell, even makes a Super Bowl. Even hell, wins a Super Bowl. If that happens, then as much as he has six rings, I think you go from Tom Brady being in the conversation as one of the best ever. Like right now, the conversation is basically him and Joe Montana. And like maybe some people want to throw in like Dan Marino and he could have done so much more. He was a passing quarterback before passing quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the point being, he's in a very, 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 very limited conversation of the best of all time. And I think a lot of people would start and end with him as he is the best of all time. Unless Bilicek does it with somebody else. And then I think he gets bumped out. Like because he does have Super Bowl losses to Eli Manning, because he doesn't make the playoffs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and something happens with the Patriots and they start making the playoffs, they hell even win a Super Bowl, then it's going to be, you know what the conversation is going to be. It was more Belichick than Tom. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just glad we can have this debate and we can see it play out. This is what we talked about a couple weeks ago when we were giving our predictions. Or not even just play out, sorry, Chris, but not even just play out, but also play out with weapons. It's not like he's going to, you know, Vegas. the Dolphins, yeah. and you can make an excuse. Right, yeah, Dolphins, Vegas, he he did pick, you know, wisely, I know the Chargers, you know, and I actually wonder, I mean, do, I'm, I'm sure things will leak out later and we'll hear about it uh, with some of the great reporting at The Athletic, but honestly, like, <laughs> I'd like to know which teams are really in on him, for example, the Colts, right, we talked about the Colts and a great offensive line and Frank Reich, was that an opportunity, were they even interested at all? In Tom Brady, I know there's not a lot of weapons around there, but it's a better offensive line. It's a more sound football team, probably better defensively. To Brad's point, um, you know, Tampa, they struggled. They were great against the run, uh, but they did struggle against the pass. So I do wonder what those other situations could have been like. Vegas, there was rumors there that he could have went there. Um, but I, I'm happy to see that it, it is going to play out. We're going to see these guys because, I mean, if you ask Belichick, and it's been known, he's wanted to get rid of Tom for a couple years now. You know, he wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. He saw the decline from Tom Brady. He wanted to keep Jimmy. They've lost a lot of players on New England over the past, I don't know, three days. So they're, they're, they still need a quarterback. I think, um, Brady's going to be fine. I think he's, I, I definitely think he's going to be motivated. That's for sure. Anything else, Brad, to add in? If, if my scenario played out, would you say, oh, it's, it's back to just being Joe Montana? Forget about him. 
no. I mean, I'd, I'd put Peyton Manning in that conversation too. And, and it's, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's just the concept of, I, I still, to me, even if it, that scenario did play out, I still would put Brady at the top of the list. And because it, unless, I guess, unless you're saying the Patriots won with somebody else, that would be the, the only way where you could even have an argument, I think. Um, because I, I do think there were a lot, there's a lot to be said for, um, what Brady did, even in that Super Bowl against the Falcons where they were down 28 to three. And that's, that wasn't all Belichick at that point. That was a lot of that was Brady trying to rally those guys and bring, bring that offense back. And the quarterback has just, just the demeanor of a quarterback can change a team's outlook sometimes when they're on the sidelines. So I, I think, I do, I do think he has a lot to do with it. I still think he's the best. Um, at the same time, it, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see. It's going to be, there's going to be so so much intrigue of how this plays out and and how how good are they because we saw how good those receivers can be last year with with a gunslinging quarterback who takes a lot of chances and probably too many chances but they had a prolific passing offense because of it and can they get anywhere close to that with Brady because right now I mean you got to assume they're going to do something at the running back at some point right now Ronald Jones is basically the only running back on that roster. And that's, that's not a scenario that to me lends itself to, to a whole lot of success for, for Tom Brady because they're going to be able to just put six in the box and drop back in coverage. Yeah, a hundred percent. All right. So let's talk fantasy and real quick without looking, you guys might remember, but see if you remember, do you remember where Tom Brady finished in fantasy last year at the quarterback position? Um, 10. 12. Right? 12. It was 12. It was 12th on the nose, 12th. Sandwiched in between Matt Ryan and Jared Goff. Uh, actually a little bit better than Matt Ryan in a points per game basis if you're looking at uh, – actually not uh, – sorry, not Matt Ryan. <laughs> he was behind Matt Ryan. He was actually down at 16th in points per game when you include everybody that got hurt like – Guess what? Jeff Driscoll is actually ahead of him <laughs> because of his rushing. But if you throw him out, we'll put him at 15 because then he gets le- leaped by Ryan Tannehill, Matthew Stafford, uh, Mahomes, obviously, so a few others. So basically 12 through 15 if you want to look at it. But so this move from a fantasy perspective, you know, he's got two amazing weapons, better than anything he had last year, including, yes, Julian Edelman at this point of his career. I, what I wrote up in the column, I'll see if you guys agree with this. It'll go to you this time first, Chris, is I said if you look back a couple years, so not last year, not the year before, but if you go back three, you get a season where Rob Gronkowski had over a thousand yards, a couple touchdowns. You had Edelman with over a thousand yards and a couple touchdowns. And then in third place with 600 yards and two touchdowns was Amendola. I think that's what you're expecting here, but maybe there's a ceiling for one of the two, Godwin or Evans and Eileen Godwin, given his play and the way that he plays and that slot and over the middle of the field where, you know, Tom Brady can't really get down as much as he used to with that arm. Uh, I think that. Godwin could get to maybe twelve or thirteen hundred yards. I'm not worried about the touchdowns. I think Brady throws for thirty plus, thirty five, maybe, maybe if everything breaks right, he even gets to forty. But with how efficient he is, I don't think you necessarily expect him to be that much of a gunslinger. I think they could both still finish as a wide receiver one. I just think he'll be hard pressed to guarantee that, and I would take Godwin before I take Evans. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that. I mean, I would take Godwin too, and I think you know the consensus is going to be going to be Godwin um, over Mike Evans, just because a lot of what you talked about, you know, the dinking and dunking that we've seen from Brady, especially lately. I mean, six point six yards per attempt—that's his lowest number 
since 2002. But at the same time, what did he really have to work with last year? Like, he didn't have the luxury of a Chris Godwin or a Mike Evans. He didn't have a tight end. I mean, they didn't have really anybody. And I think that's part of the reason why he wanted to move on. He wanted to have some weapons and prove that he can still play in, in an offense that's, that's electric. So, yeah, and you look at Evans – I mean, you just look at guys who had 100 targets, his dot 15.3, that's the highest dot of, of anybody who had that kind of usage. So can he take those shots downfield? He wasn't efficient in the red zone, but again, didn't have a whole lot to work with. I think both sides here, when I talk about Brady and Bruce Arians, they're going to have to make some adjustments because Bruce Arians' offense typically likes to take, have a quarterback that stays in the pocket and takes shots down the field, and that's... Really, like, can Brady do that at age 42? The offensive line is just average at best. So I'll lean Godwin. I think Godwin has a, a very similar season. I'm not ready to count out Evans as a wide receiver one. If I can get him as a low-end wide receiver one, like the 7th, 8th, ninth off the board, I'm still interested. But he's the guy that I think takes the bit, a bit of a hit here. Yeah, that, I think I agree. And it's um, – but I do think it, it'll – I guess the, the thing that – is interesting to me is what else are they going to bring in around him? What running back? I mentioned that a second ago. Are they going to try to use OJ Howard more? Brady's lived off athletic tight ends for a lot of his career. If they, if OJ Howard all of a sudden becomes relevant in this offense, he's, I mean, he's going to be a monster steal in the double digit rounds, but he also, it's still Bruce Arians offense. And so I think that you're going to see like some kind of a mix here. I heard, I saw someone writing that yesterday. They said they talked to um, Arians at the combine and they were asking him like, look, you know, your, your offense is a lot different than Brady and, and all this stuff. And, and basically the, the bottom line was he said, I think we're going to come down with some kind of a, a mix, um, between what he likes to do and what I like to do. And with that being the case, I could see OJ Howard all of a sudden having some relevance. Um, does Antonio Brown come in? And, and if he's not suspended for the whole year, then, then how does he play into this? Cause he's definitely going to take a lot of targets away, especially if Brady is, is kind of the one lobbying to get him in there. So, um, it, it'll just, there's a whole lot of, you know, big question marks right now. And that's what makes drafting best balls right now a lot of fun because you're doing all the speculation and it's, you have no idea how it's going to turn out. And, and it's still a blast, um, to, to, to try to predict this stuff and to get steals late in the draft. They're going to draft it back, Jake, aren't they? Oh, there's, I would put. I'd put money down on it if there's a Vegas bet for it. I know a lot of people are, are hanging around Twitter these days, you know, in quarantine and, and, you know, Twitter is, uh, social media is, can be a bad place to hang out, but I saw Ronald Jones was trending the other night. It was just because I think maybe one of the big outlets put a picture of Brady and OJ Howard and Evans and, and Godwin and, and then Ronald Jones and that ticked everybody off. It's like Jones is trending. Why is he in this picture with all of these studs? I mean, that's the, that's kind of how people feel about Ronald Jones, but I would be shocked I mean, if they didn't the bring it back. Is, like, did he sneak into the, did he photobomb the picture? Like, did they know? Like, hey, let's get in the talent. Hey, Ronald, what are you doing? We, we, Great we, Photoshop. We, we ask you to be in this picture. <laughs> I, I think there's a scenario. I'm looking at the updated cap space y'all were talking about before we went on the air, and the Buccaneers are number three in cap space, right? And granted, that's that's probably not with a Brady contract factored in, but they're they're going to find a way to structure that. Don't be surprised if they go out and sign Melvin Gordon, and they don't want to put this on a that that may be part of the agreement with Brady coming in there is you got to get me a veteran back and not a not a rookie to start you know to start with and. I could I could see I just, him being a great fit there. I I and I would too, but 
I could see them doing it. I could see them saying, like, look, we're going with Brady. We're going all in to try to not only get in the playoffs, but win it right now. So I don't want to jump around because we're still going to talk about the other things that have happened, although minor, because this is why it's good we can jump around. But So let's go to that point, Brad, because we were going to also kind of mix in some, hey, free agents that are still out there. The biggest three, Melvin Gordon, Robbie Anderson, Rashard Perriman, it's funny that we're putting preparement into this group. So I wanted to do two things because, one, I wanted to backtrack one second and get your opinion, Chris, on the tight end situation. So talk about Gordon in a second, but real quick, O.J. Howard, uh, I I do 100% hope and believe that you could, could get Brady to get something at a tight end. But my problem is, Chris, is Bruce Arians is still the head coach. It wasn't the it wasn't the problem of Jameis Winston to OJ Howard. The problem is that Bruce Arians doesn't let OJ Howard run routes. That's the problem. Is he's running like 30-40% of the time he's running routes and Cameron Brait's still there. So it could be Cameron Brait of all people. Yeah, exactly. I still think it's going to be a, a sticky situation. I think we can all agree and all of our listeners can agree that the the highest upside between all the tight ends that Tampa Bay has is O.J. Howard, and we'd like to see him get more involved, and, and maybe he will, but maybe he's also going to be blocking a little bit, right? Because it all depends on the running back that they bring in. Do they draft a rookie? Can they protect Tom Brady? Are they just going to be using two tight end sets? Like, yeah, it is Bruce Arians. That's why I said earlier that he's going to have to make some adjustments to his offense, and whether that's getting O.J. Howard a little bit more involved. We talk about the dinking and the dunking, so I'm, I'm with you. I, I'd like to see it, but I'm not, I'm not sold. I, I still think... Um, it's going to be OJ Howard that, that ends up taking a, a lead there. And I, I think Brait will have a role, but it's not going to be the Aaron Hernandez, you know, Gronk situation in New England because the, the wide receivers in, in Tampa are too good. So, um, I think it will be Howard will kind of win out, but you know, he may have to kind of earn it in camp and it may, may be reliant on a, a good chemistry with Brady at some point, um, to, to show that he's the guy because it, you know, from all the quotes, Arians doesn't seem sold on him, that's for sure. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing. So let's go back to Melvin Gordon. I think that if Melvin Gordon ended up with the Buccaneers, how high would you go, Brad? Because Melvin Gordon, the talent, it took a few games, and we can make the excuse, hey, Melvin Gordon was essentially playing preseason for the first couple games. Melvin Gordon spent a lot of time on the sideline. And then once he got back into the shape of things, look, look, he was rolling those last couple of games. He started to look like the Melvin Gordon we knew. Maybe 95%, but 95% of Melvin Gordon still has RB1 potential if he is the guy because if he's brought in, Ronald Jones, obviously just pure backup. Who Peyton Barber, uh, is Peyton Barber even still on the contract? No, he's not. Peyton Barber's not even under contract. So if Melvin Gordon's there, actually, you know what? I'm going to switch this a little bit, Brad. Melvin Gordon or Rookie, does it matter for you? So talk about Melvin Gordon first, and then if it's a rookie, are we talking RB1? Because we're talking about an offense that won't be throwing 50 touchdowns, so you might get what the appeal for running back with Tom Brady has always been, potential double-digit rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I um, I would say maybe high-end RB2. I don't know that I would quite be willing to put him in the top 12, um, if it's Gordon anyways. If it's Jonathan Taylor, I'll put him in the RB1 um, you know, maybe like the eight to eight to ten range, something like that. Um, if it's DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, that kind of player, I'm still going probably high end RB two, about where I put Gordon. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Taylor for sure would would be a lock. I, for me, I'd put him right in around that. Like I'm thinking, if Gordon was on Tampa, I may even think about him 
over Eckler, where everyone's getting all that buzz, like after Henry and Chubb and Kamara and, and Jacobs in that mix, and then you you see Eckler and Fournette. I mean, I'd I'd consider Melvin Gordon in that offense catch a few balls. We know he can catch. To your point, Jake. I mean, the rushing touchdowns has has always been there. He hasn't been that efficient of a running back. It's been fewer than four point zero yards per carry in four of his five years, but the rushing touchdowns are always there, eight, ten, eight, ten, and we've always seen, you know, in New England, and I know things are a little different, but there's always been that back who. Um, has been successful with the red zone rushing attempts. And Gordon has been that guy over the past couple of years too. So if he's in Tampa, I'm going to get excited. <laughs> I was going to get excited last year. We were, we were talking on this show about getting excited with him with Jameis Winston and company. I would get, I would get excited with Melvin Gordon in Tampa. Yeah. And last year it was cap issues. Now they don't have them. So go get him. Make it fun. <laughs> so, uh, with this, so two things. One is, yeah, I think that any running back, I was except for Ronald Jones. <laughs> so any rookie slash Melvin Gordon is going to be in that RB1 conversation is somebody I would take over Austin Eckler. It remains to be seen. You know how I feel about Austin Eckler, Chris, is I do think that they are bringing in somebody, whether it's, you know, Jordan Howard already signed with the Dolphins, but, you know, the feelings of Jordan Howard is that I don't think he's the answer. I think they're definitely drafting somebody or adding somebody else there. He's just going to be the backup guy. Uh, Jordan Howard is just what anybody can do. But – what anybody could do with the Chargers mixing in with Eckler's a little bit than Howard on the Dolphins. So, yeah, I think that's a great situation as what just got tweeted out and reported for the way that it always should been, the way that it always should be. Stop with this freaking nonsense of the Redskins and all these quarterback rumors. It's Dwayne Haskins, people. Get the hell over it. I mean, God, did you not learn from Lamar Jackson? So anyway, ESPN's John Kime John just said there is zero chance the Redskins are a claim acquiring Jameis Winston. So let's talk about Jameis Winston. We're kind of jumping around here, but we're talking about the Bucs. We're talking about Tom Brady. So obviously the reason we got to talk about him and we'll come to Nick Foles here in a second is because the quarterback options are declining by the day to now, I think was probably the, one of the better tweets out there. A friend of the show, a friend of ours, Matt Harmon, Yahoo Sports out there. He tweeted the three man standoff from the office in the office where they're pointing <laughs> finger guns at each other. And that's Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, and Jameis Winston at this point for the last few. And it, hell, right now, you might say last one quarterback spot here. This is because the Chargers are now out. The Chargers, hey, you want to say, I broke, I broke you the news. I was live from the combine when I told you this. Anthony Lynn said he's fine with Tyrod Taylor and it's the best Tyrod he's seen since even better than he was in 2016. I broke the news for you guys. So where's my credit? Where's my, you know, Chris Mortensen news breaking information out there for everybody. But anyway, um, the Chargers are out. So maybe the Chargers are playing, you know, chicken, so to speak, with the Cam Newton situation. And maybe if Cam does get released, by the Panthers, they change their tune and jump in, and they just don't want to give up anything for him. But anyway, this is definitely out for Jameis Winston. So what are we doing about Jameis Winston? I said this yesterday, Chris, and of course the cap doesn't make them friendly right now, but like I said all the time, you can rework things. I think a great situation if he can't get a starting job would be Jameis going to Big Ben's, hey, maybe he's not 100%, and now I'm playing for the Steelers. Again, the Steelers would have to do a lot of work with the cap to get him in there. But are we like am I are, are we looking at Jameis Winston back up to start the preseason for 2020 at this point? Yeah, I mean it does it does kind of seem like that, doesn't it? I never really thought about the Steelers. That would be that'd be interesting because um, they would have to fix the cap. Oh, and I forgot to add this. Sorry to cut you off. No. The, I forgot to add this part to it. So I saw this tweeted yesterday. It would be, this is the first time in NFL history 
the league leader in oh, passing yeah. yards is not playing for the same team the following year. Which is crazy. It is unbelievable. I know he had a lot of games where he threw picks. Heck, there was one, I think, in London where he threw five, five or six. And it was just like, oh, my goodness, Jameis. Like, they still scored double-digit fantasy points. Oh, yeah, game. from a fantasy standpoint, <laughs> I mean, a stud. If he went over to the Steelers, I mean, I'd like Juju. Honestly, I, you guys know how I feel about Ben on the way out. And, and clearly, they don't have a quarterback in their system that can be productive because we saw it when – Last year, we didn't see anything from Hodges or Rudolph at all. I don't know, man. Like, New England still, obviously, they're one of those teams that, that they need a quarterback. Do, do they go with Jameis? Oh, like, can we make that happen? I mean, that can would be crazy, Brady wouldn't it? go to the Bucks and Winston go to the Patriots? Yeah, watch and Bruce. Who, watch who Bruce. I'll fix Jameis for you. Yeah, oh, my God. That would be such – dude. Look, hey, we we keep this show very, very PG usually. Although you did say shit earlier in the show, Chris. I did, yeah. If Bilicek fixed Winston and got to the – that would be the ultimate slap your d*** on the table move. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it would be. Yeah, (laughs) and I I wonder what's – with New England, like, what are they going to do here? Because I thought originally Dalton just seemed to make sense. Maybe there doesn't seem to be a market out there for Dalton. I I assume he just gets released and they can get him on the cheap. But if – if Brady and, and McDaniels really want to, you know, get a quarterback with some upside, uh, Winston and, and Cam are, are two options that seem to be available. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, Dalton is, is definitely available. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of what route they go there because they, they said, I heard him say yesterday, the Patriots don't want to spend a lot of money on bringing a quarterback in, which is interesting. It just makes you wonder like, okay, well then who's their target? Because, Everybody out there, like Dalton's already under contract. Cam's going to want money. Jameis is going to want money. So is it none of those guys? Like, is it, you know, are they, are they looking maybe even a draft pick, you know, as a second guy? And Jarrett Stidham is the, is the quarterback to start this year. I don't know. Yeah. I already saw the pump piece on Stidham. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Maybe the Patriots are the worst team in the NFL this year and they draft Lawrence first overall next year. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, oh my maybe God, or, or no, Fields out of Ohio State. If they pull one. a Colts, God, I don't want to see that. It's possible, man. <laughs> right now, their roster does not look good. Well, to your point, Brad, for that purpose, you know, Andy Dalton, yeah, but it's his last year of his contract. So, you know, do they trade? I mean, it's, if he gets out of there, I, I, like, I know he wants a new contract, but if they trade for him, they don't have to give him one. They could just trade they, for him and send, like, a fifth rounder and just say, hey, one year left, prove it, dude. Yeah. Sure. And, and this, this is the scenario here is do the Patriots think they are still a playoff team with whatever quarterback they bring in? Because they have, we talked about their, their depleted receiving core right now. Are they going to be able to get in the playoffs? And if not, then you do a full tank. You save that cap money and add it on to next year's cap money. And yeah. And I don't even not necessarily blow it up, but just don't sign the big money contract. Roll Stidham or, or a rookie or whoever out there. Take your lumps. You end up going like, you know, four and twelve. You don't have, um, you know, you, you may not have the first overall pick, but you're going to have a high draft pick. Then you go and sign a big, big money free agent quarterback because you have all that extra no, cap money what, added onto next year's cap. Here's what you do. This is what I, I honestly, this is what I'm 100. This is what I honestly think they should do. I wasn't thinking that James Winston. I think James Winston makes a lot of sense. Heck, if I'm the Dolphins, I know you have Fitzpatrick. If I'm the Dolphins, I just signed Jameis Winston. I said, forget about Tua. Spend your draft picks elsewhere. Just build the hell out of that team. You have two great draft, actually a ton of draft capital. You made a ton of free agent moves. You fix this team. You bring in Jameis Winston and say, screw Tua. Like, sorry, not two two of the player, but bring in Jameis Winston because there's no proof that two is going to be better than him at this point. And you get 
more help with your draft picks, and all of a sudden you turn into the 49ers. I'm just saying. So that's what I would do if I was the Dolphins. Uh, if I'm the Patriots, to your point, Brad, this is what I, I go get Cam. Whether you wait and wait for him to be released, or you know what, right now, instead of waiting for him to be released because he's only on his last year also, go throw a conditional sixth. And then you get Cam, and now you get to play both sides of it, Brad. You get to play, you know what, if Cam is right, if he is 100%, and he still has a lot left to prove, and he wants to prove everybody that he's still the Cam Newton we used to know, you get right back into it. You potentially still win this division next year with Cam Newton. You fix your problems that you always have because the Patriots know how to fix the roster, basically like the Ravens and almost anybody else at the best of the best of the league are doing so. And if it works, it works. If Cam Newton isn't 100%, can't do anything with the first two or three games, you get to throw in the towel with Stidham, mm-hmm. do exactly what you're saying, and at least it looked like you tried. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think there's something something to that. It's some of this is going to be the public perception, and they have to they have to be um, you know they have to be I, I don't know they have to be cognizant of that because they're after winning for so long, their fan base is not going to accept a, just a full blown blow up right now. And I think in reality, it's probably too late to do a full a full blown blow, blow up. Um, but you know, it'll, you know, one, we were talking just a second ago about running, running backs to Tampa. And now, uh, Mike Florio is talking about the Rams are, are in discussions to trade Todd Gurley and maybe Gurley ends up in, in Tampa, which would be interesting because then you do draft another running back with him and pair him with a guy in case, in case, you know, he, he'd be a perfect fit for a guy like a JK Dobbins or a Clyde Edwards Hilaire where they, they need a, an alternative that can also be a pass catcher. Um, in the meantime, it, it, that would be an interesting fit. And it, it like, there's just so many moving parts right now. And, and it's just a fun time of year to sit and speculate. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm just keep thinking about the Patriots being the worst team in the NFL this year and how quickly they can turn <laughs> things around by, by doing that and going that route. Because I don't think, I mean, yeah, you put Jameis on there, you can't put Cam on there. I still think that, you know, they're, they're kind of mediocre, but you know, you can see what, what pieces they could they could bring in? I mean, they just signed Demir Bird. Like they just don't have anybody offensively. Um, maybe they turn into a run heavy team if they bring in Cam. I mean, that's possible. But yeah, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. I st- I still think that they're probably looking for like a cost efficient quarterback, and that's probably Dalton. Just he's probably the cheapest in terms of well, contract and what it, what it would take to get him. To re-sign, you mean? I was gonna say because he, he just, and Cam yeah, are actually not that far apart. Right, just to re-sign, I guess, or just to acquire okay. him right now. Like, I mean, like you said, a conditional pick or or fifth, or there just doesn't seem to be a market out there, and it, it almost seems like he's just gonna get released. I still go, yeah. In that case, I still go Cam. All right, so let's continue oh, yeah. last quarterback situation, the trade that went down, and then the restructure of his contract, which kind of put everything into this one year for for everybody out there that wondering what the Bears are doing money wise. Nick Foles guaranteed dead money is now all in the first year. Uh, he can get out. They can get out after this year. But the Bears trade for Nick Foles. The prevailing, well, I guess we'll see what your guys' opinion. My prevailing opinion, <laughs> I guess it's not necessarily prevailing if it's only mine, but a lot of people out there think it's the same as while it might be on paper, quote unquote, open competition. This is Nick Foles' job to lose now at this point when you make this trade and you restructure the contract and you look going forward with the frustrations. Because Trubisky, for all the hope that you might have as him as a player, he did not improve last year. He regressed last year. And that's the last thing you want. Nick Foles has connections to Nagy. He has connections to DiFilippo. He knows this offense. And if you look at Nick Foles, this is what – so for you guys listening and for both you, Chris and Brad – 
I wrote about this in the articles. Like this is where metrics is a perfect example how you can't rely on them on their own because Nick Foles and Trubisky almost identical career and last year a dots. Nick Foles and Trubisky almost career and identical completion percentages. You watch Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky last year. They are not the same player. The statistics might tell you they are. The advanced statistics might tell you they are. But they are not the same player. Nick Foles is an improvement. And I think that if you're looking at this, your guy's opinion, Allen Robinson, I think before this conversation, we're saying, yeah, he finished as a wide receiver one and he was fringy into 2020. I think this cements him as a top 10 potential, maybe even top five. I don't think, I think that's a lot to ask, but he is definitely now locked in as a wide receiver one. And I think the biggest beneficiary here, Brad, is Anthony Miller. We finally saw the Anthony Miller we wanted because of injuries, because of how smooth he was coming out of college. You know, there was some polish that he needed at the NFL level, but I think he's the big gainer here because from weeks 11 through 15, it was like, oh my God, it's an Anthony Miller we've been waiting for. And now Nick Foles can certainly push him into like a wide receiver four conversation next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Anthony Miller a lot next year, especially for, for the price you got to pay. I'll tell you who else I think it potentially benefits. And th- this is digging deep, but I, I think there, he's going to get a bump Jimmy is Jimmy Graham. It, it's <laughs> all of a sudden he, because because Foles love throwing to the tight ends in Philly, and and if he has a a, a big red zone threat, um, I don't know. I it's it's hard to imagine all these guys being fantasy relevant in a Bears passing game, but at the same time, it's it, it seems like Foles is. I agree is is definitely an upgrade yeah. on Trubisky. You're talking about the it's wrong quarterback. Sam Darnold's the one that sees ghosts. Come on, That's what they did there, Jimmy Graham, ghost, yeah, and, and Foles loves him some Trey Burton, and Trey Burton loves him some Foles. Uh, that's that's just really a joke, but. Um, <laughs> Because I can't I mean, get excited still... about Burton or Jimmy, but I'm sure he's going to use him. Is Burton a post, post, post hype sleeper? <laughs> like yeah, potentially, yeah. Um, big Super Bowl pass uh, to to Nick Foles in the end zone on the Philly special, which got him paid in the two games that Zach Ertz is out of the lineup. Also, got him paid. But yeah, I agree on the Miller. I agree on uh, Robinson for sure. I like both those guys. And what a mess in Chicago. It's 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 crazy. I mean, they could have just signed him last year when Foles went into Chicago and, and beat them in a playoff game and he was a free agent and now they're they're taking on all that salary to your point the dead money i get it but what a mess you look at the bears i know this is kind of off topic what they've done over the past couple years i mean trading up for trubisky and passing on watson and mahomes and mike glennon i mean it's just it's crazy the quarterback cycle and the guys they've missed out on but i think it's a good football move to your point jake Nagy, di filippo there's there's a connection there play to his strengths exactly what they did in philadelphia from a fantasy standpoint it's going to be hard to get excited about fools but he doesn't turn the ball over i mean he just he takes care of the ball and i think that's the biggest thing is is trubisky is just they were just limited with trubisky under center yeah, and when he came back last year, Foles wasn't healthy. You know, he, you saw how he played against right. Kansas City in the first game of the season, and he looked really good. And then all of a sudden he breaks his collarbone, and when he came back, it was like he felt pressure to try to come back too soon because of how well, um, you know, their mustache man was, was Garden playing. So, oh, no, no. Yeah, Let's so. Let's talk about him, Brad. Yeah. It, it, not mustache man. Call him by his right name, Beowulf. So Beowulf <laughs> lit up the world last year. Like, to go back, so this is the other thing I pointed out, is Minshew did more than anybody could have expected for oh, yeah. a lot of rookie quarterbacks, let alone somebody who basically was expected little of nothing. Where he was drafted, his pedigree coming out of college, nothing was expected of Minshew. 
he did struggle down the stretch. Let's admittedly say what happened. Like, he's not quite Jameis Winston because also if you look at his A dot, it's actually worse than both Foles and Trubisky. It was 7.1. So it's not like he's a gunslinger downfield to the Winston level, but he made a lot of rookie mistakes. That's understandable. He was an experienced player. I don't want to say experienced because he had plenty of time playing in college, but he was inexperienced in the fact that like there was a reason he wasn't a first or a second round pick. There's a reason that he was what he was coming out of college, but Minshew did more than expected. Minshew helped make DJ Chark DJ Chark, yet a lot of it was Chark on his own. He helped Chris Conley score all of his touchdowns. Chris Conley's touchdowns came with him and not with Nick Foles and his games played. So Minshew, I would say this, Brad, I say they're all kind of in the same conversation. Is Minshew, Foles, all like all the kind of in that group of like, hey, mid-level quarterback two, great super flex, definite QB two league. And maybe if you go the safe route with a Tom Brady, you pair him with a Minshew and one of them turns into a top 10 player. But I think that with Minshew as the starter, we can confidently also say that Chark is in the top 15 conversation again and Conley over Westbrook because Minshew did not like Westbrook that much. Yeah. And I, I'm going to have Chark probably a, 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 even potentially in the top 10 or 12. I think this is a huge boom for him. I will say I think there is a decent chance that one of these quarterbacks that we're talking about is brought into Jacksonville. And and I don't just in case Dalton. Yeah, it could be Dalton, it could you know, I depending on what they have to give up. No, I say I say that because I think the most sense is the one that would definitely come in as the backup. Like I think if you bring yeah. in Cameron Winston, yeah. you 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 But there's not two other starting spots. I mean those there's no right. one of them is let's say one of them goes to New England and if the Chargers truly are content with Tyron Taylor, there aren't enough starting spots for for those two guys. So it'll right. be Pittsburgh. you know they they would either have to go in and be willing to compete, which I think Cam is more that guy because he's got his health to prove. Um he's got to prove that he's 100% ready to go and cuz they said the other day more teams were worried about his shoulder than his foot. And yeah, his foot's healthy now, but is his shoulder healthy? Hopefully the, the, you know, almost year of rest has, has helped from that perspective, but it, it'll, you know, again, it's, there's, there's so many different moving parts here. Someone's going to come in there, but I love DJ Shark as a, as a top receiver next year. He already broke out basically last year and he was still good all the way till the end of the season. And I, I think he's, and now he's about to enter year three, which is typically a pretty good leap year for a lot of wide receivers. Yeah, I, Minshew, and you know, from a fantasy standpoint, he's got that that rushing ability too. Um, a little sneaky on the ground, which which is always exciting. Yeah, it's it's crazy just how things have changed, and just from I don't know, roughly August, right when Luck retired, and Browns out of football, and Brady's a Buck, and Rivers is Cole, and Bridgewater's a Panther, and all the money that they Jacksonville spent on Fools last year, he's done, and then they're going with. Sixth round quarterback Gardner Minshew, who to your point, Jake came in and was, he was good. He was impressive. He was, you know, talked and ranked, I'm sure with you when you were doing your weekly rankings at times as a borderline QB one because of the emergence of Chark and his rushing ability. And, you know, he didn't really turn the ball over in terms of picks. I mean, 21 touchdowns, six picks, but he, he had an issue holding on to the football, 10 fumbles. He lost five of them, but if he's the guy there, he's going to be a great you know, for people who play Superflex, he's going to be a great second target. He's not going to cost a whole lot. We've already seen a little bit of the upside. And I think maybe his struggles towards the end of the season kind of was because Chark missed a couple games. He was hurt. Westbrook was, yeah, he didn't like Westbrook. He didn't seem to like Westbrook. Wasn't targeting him often. But he was also in and out of the lineup and wasn't 100% either. So let's see all three of these guys, four with Cole, I suppose. Cole um, got tendered <laughs> second rounder. Yeah. He's definitely back. 
a training camp for Gardner Minshew because he wasn't thought about as the quarterback and he never got the first reps, first team reps with, with anybody and, and using, he was just thrown into the fire right away. So yeah, and give him a full, another year of training camp with these guys. I mean, he could, he could grow. There could be room, but I do think they bring in, they gotta bring in somebody. Um, somebody else, maybe on cheap, but I think if I was choosing, it, pro- it probably is Dalton as, as a just a backup. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the Colin thing, the Cole thing, kind of baffled, not baffled. It was just it's just surprising. Like, you know, I don't think there was a team out there like, oh damn it, we were gonna get Keelan Cole. <laughs> really like, wanted him. <laughs> yeah, like, all right. So speaking of baffling things, so let's stick with that. You see what they did there? I purposely was going that route uh, because the Forty Nine. <laughs> We don't have to spend a lot of time on this. You guys know how I feel about the 49ers backfield. I'm I'm ranking Mostert as an RB3. Yes, I know Mostert could finish top 15. I also know this is the damn 49ers backfield. And if you're stupid enough to go into it, understand what you're going into. Yes, you could come out. It's like winning the lottery. Sure, you could win the lottery, but are you really going to spend that money? Because not only did they restructure McKinnon, which a lot of people thought they were just going to outright release McKinnon because the dude hasn't even gotten on the field. But they tendered Matt Breida. All four of them are back, Brad. <laughs> yeah, it's most most likely. I mean, there's a they they may take if Breida signs somewhere else, they might take the compensation um, and just take the, the draft pick for him. So um, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see you know how this plays out too. But again, in fantasy, you you mentioned Mostert's upside. I don't like you. Just can't touch these guys. You can't touch any of them. You know, at least right now. I mean, if if a scenario plays out like it did a couple of years ago where McKinnon gets hurt right you know right before the season or some somebody gets hurt and all of a sudden there's a little more clarity as to to who's there then sure but right now where you got to take him like in you know a couple of these guys are in the top 10 rounds no thank you like i i would much rather have guys that i feel a lot more confident in their scenario at that point yeah, I agree. I won't, I probably won't touch any of them. Obviously, I want Mostert. I think out of, out of all of them, he's, he's the one with the, the higher ceiling, but I'm not going to spend the, the draft capital on him because he's going to be the first one out of all of them off the board. Like Coleman, Brita, McKinnon, like it'll be Mostert first, but I'm not getting involved in that. Jake, you know that too. It's just this complete headache. No thanks. <laughs> so speaking of headaches, no, not really. I, I was I was hoping I had one. Tried, but I Actually, no, I do. Ha! Speaking of headaches, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, boom, <laughs> there you done. Go. Yeah. Like, I, Brad, I'm going to you first again, even though we just did. Uh, the, you're the one with the seven thousand best ball leagues going on that you still haven't drafted. <laughs> in the He's top got four no in. brown shares. <laughs> no. Now, look, I do not think for a second Antonio Brown's going to the Buccaneers, only because they have Mike Evans and they have Chris Godwin. Just a, but the fact of I bring in Antonio Brown to the Josh Gordon part of this conversation because with the new CBA, because the no punishments for weed for Gordon, because Antonio Brown's trying to rejuvenate his career. And look, even if he doesn't end up with the Buccaneers, the fact that Tom Brady wants to play with you, I think helps your image a little bit. Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, you're in best balls. What rounds do you think about drafting either, or do you not even think about it at all? Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Josh Gordon. Um, he, he didn't show me anything in Seattle that made me think he's got anything left in his body to be fantasy relevant. Um, Antonio Brown, I've saw, I've seen him go in the 20th round of a couple drafts. The biggest thing for me is I still think even, even, uh, you know, he doesn't have the weed issues that, that Gordon has. His is more domestic dispute type stuff that, that is, you know, or, or sexual assault accusations. That's a different situation because I think there's a, 
firm, firm, firm chance that he's missing at least a quarter of the games, if not half the games, if he does come back and sign a contract. At that point, he'll be put on the commissioner's exempt list. They'll, they'll go through this review process and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets something because of, not because of a single incident, but because of the cumulative stuff. If he gets something similar to what Kareem Hunt did last year where he gets eight games all of a sudden. And if that, if that happens, I don't want Brown on my team. As a 20th rounder, fine. If, if that's where I've, you know, there's, there's definitely upside there for at least, you know, potentially half the season, but I just don't think he's playing more than that. And even then, after sitting out basically all of last year and now sitting out a, a chunk of this year, assuming that happens, I don't know what he's going to be when he comes out. It's kind of like Josh Gordon. Like he, he wasn't the same athlete after he sat out for so long. Is Antonio Brown going to be the same way? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you would tell me that Antonio Brown's going to get completely off and I mean, even if he went to the box, he went to somebody else. I, I would be interested, I guess, in like a best ball format, but he is going to be right. I mean, it was a good segue, Jake. He is going to be a headache. He's going to be, and even if he's suspended for, for the eight games, what's going to happen during those eight games that, you know, he could potentially get set off or something could happen with him and, you know, it, it turns into four more games. So it, you know, where, where Brad's doing best balls, 20th round, fine, but, that's the guy that I would take the shot on because he still showed us something, and it seems like Brady really likes him. This is going to be a thing for the next few months, I think, at least few weeks, where there's there seems to be a connection between Brady and and Brown on Instagram and social media. He's he's always you know seems to be commenting on everything yeah. that Brown's posts. It, Can it I just, make that bet too? <laughs> what's that? He's that? Not with, the, with that he's not. Yeah, on the I, I agree that I don't think he's going to be. But I'm saying that people are going to talk about this over the next few weeks because of their relationship. But Josh Gordon showed us nothing last year, especially when he was signed by Seattle. Like he didn't do anything. So I'm not interested. No. All right, last two bits of information before we both semi-minor, but I'll say the lesser minor one for <laughs> the latter is J.D. McKissick. I just want to throw this one out there because I know some of the news are reported McKissick and everybody's like, oh, he's going to be the third down running back. I said, I said this to you guys before we started the show. No, it's Bryce Love. McKissick, for, you want to put another bet? I'll put right now the bet on J.D. McKissick's not even either on this roster or involved next year because if Bryce Love's healthy, they brought him in last year's draft to be the new Chris Thompson. I think the McKissick is just in case he's not healthy, Chris. Yeah, I, I totally agree, 100%. This is, it's kind of puzzling. Washington's going to have a bunch of backs again. I'm not going to be interested in any of them. Yeah, Anything for you on that, Brad? Or? No, I I mean, I've, I've got Darius Geis in a few spots, but I, I'm not touching McKissick, and Adrian Peterson's still there. So I, I don't see McKissick slotting in at all. I, I do think Bryce Love would be the pass catching back if they go that route, but but I think there's a good chance that that if Geis is healthy, he's going to get more of those pass catches than than somebody else. Are they uncertain about Love, Jake? Do you think they're uncertain about Love to sign McKissick for? A I think I, I think they're just yeah they're covering their base. I mean it yeah. was significant and he's had multiple injuries. So I, I and I agree with you, Brad. I don't think he's going to be to the Chris Thompson level. This is also a little bit of different offense too with Dwayne Haskins. By the way, IG story from Yannick the, for everybody the sign and tag potential from the Jaguars. All he tweeted out on Instagram is. An eagle logo, but I don't know that because it's dot 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 vulture. That's all his IG says. So this will be was he Stefan Digziness? Like, can we say is that we're going to make that a verb now? Digziness, uh, Brad. As we get out of here, Tyrod Taylor to circle back to that. If he is the quarterback, uh, yeah. Did you put do we care or did Chris put do we care? I, I think put that's do the we question. Care. Not me. Yeah. yeah. 
So, so I think we do. I think because I think Tyrod Taylor, if he legitimately is the quarterback and it's Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, he still has that offense, still has Austin Eckler out of the backfield. Chris, I do care because before he left being a starter, I wrote an article that year that he was the only quarterback that season in fantasy to score 15 points in every single game, all 16. That was a year I think it was either Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck had 14 or 15 or something like that. He was the only one. So I do care because if I want to wait till the end of my draft and pair one of these gambles, mm-hmm. I'm going to pair him with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I think from a fantasy standpoint, um, you know, he could be fine. He could be he could be all right. But I think from you know a, a real life standpoint. I just picture the Chargers still kind of being competitive, and am I am I getting fooled again by this team? But then they go out and get Chris Harris, so they the, the defense is is pretty stout, and then they have all these offensive weapons. But I just picture them in a playoff game against Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, and it's like Tara Taylor is not the answer. So I, I guess I, you know when I hear that they're fine with him, I still feel like they'll draft somebody, and it, it could just play out like Cleveland where. You know, Tyrod Taylor's in Cleveland for three games, and that's all it took for Baker Mayfield to take over. How long would it take for, you know, a Herbert or, or anybody else that they draft for to just kind of take over from Tyrod Taylor? It's just from a fantasy standpoint, sure, he's got the weapons, he can run, he could be a great QB too. But I just don't think he's all that good of a quarterback that he can keep the job for a full year. Yeah, maybe, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And he, he, uh, but he was from a fantasy standpoint, even his last year in Buffalo, he was fantasy relevant. And so he, he scrambles enough. Um, you know, it, it, and his running backs were relevant too. He, he is not afraid to dump it off. So I'm still confident with Eckler there, even if, um, even if he's the guy. So, um, it, it's, but I, I agree that I think at some point during the season, he's likely replaced by whatever rookie they, they, you know, I would think they take in the first round. I don't know if it'll be three games like, uh, the Baker Mayfield thing. That was a lot different when it's a, the first pick in the draft, I think. But, yeah. um, when you, when you take, you know, say it's a Herbert or a, a Jordan Love or, you know, somebody like that halfway through the season, I could see it happening for sure. Plus, I think maybe Taylor got hurt in that game too against the Jets. I do remember like Baker came out and big comeback and they won the game. But if Taylor is the quarterback in with the Chargers all year, how do you feel about Mike Evan or Mike uh, Williams, Jake? Like, I feel that I don't think he'll do much worse than what Rivers was last year because okay, I, I think it'll be offset. They'll be offset by the fact that I have a slightly better offensive line and a little bit more time for him. And maybe a slight downtick to Evans for the passing touchdowns. I think Keenan Allen also maybe a slight dick downtick for receptions and yards just because Tyrod's not as much as a passer. I don't think he's throwing 600 times. So slight, but I don't think it's enough that I would knock. I, I would basically easily slot Allen Robinson in front of Keenan Allen now. And then Mike Williams goes from potential wide receiver two breakout to a fringy wide receiver two or three. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. And you know what else makes sense? For a transition at the end of the show? Yeah. Going to theathletic.com slash, what is it? 90, free 90 days? <laughs> <laughs> it right. is. Just to free. confuse everybody again, theathletic.com slash free 90 days. You are dead on. Free there you 90 go. days. Yeah. Got it right. For everybody out there that's going to go to 17 different websites, they should hopefully buy all of the URLs <laughs> because <laughs> to get everybody confused. At Chris Meany for Chris, at Brad Ziggler for Brad. I'm at Olin Kid. We'll be back next Wednesday, back onto the regular schedule. You know what? Unless we'll mix in the big news, but I think I will. I will tweet it out. All three of us. We're going to start tweeting out mailbag week. How about that? Yes. We'll do some mailbag questions. I know you guys got things you want to talk about because you got nothing better to do than sit at home and talk fantasy and talk football because at least that's still going on. So stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy. Best of wishes. Keep yourself safe from everybody else as well. We'll be back next Wednesday. 
Love you guys. Have a good one.